Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com, and of course, Mr. Joe Soros own business, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. If you need your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today, please go ahead and support Joe Soro at Simblades.com. Plus, if you like what we do, also check out Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and join the conversation there today where they do extra studying right there for you at Lakerholics.com. That's great, great coursework there. Plus, they're good friends of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you can also support what I do at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break, we are now all over the place on social media, YouTube, Trovo, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. So if you can support all that and subscribe today on YouTube so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with a new class at Lakers History 101 or anything else we do, like our post games, each and every post game, plus also as well NBA observations and our upcoming trivia shows as well. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, class is now in session. As we attend class today, good to have you students here. Appreciate everyone attending in such a prompt fashion. I look forward to our conversation and the lecture today provided by a man right here who's willing to give a lecture on a on how a towel of all things changed the course of Lakers history because a towel did change the course of Lakers history and that is a towel thrown by Robert Ory, at that time a member of the Phoenix Suns, who threw it at his coach, displeased at the way he was being treated, had a long-standing resentment of Danny Ainge back to their days as far as when they were playing, both of them. And it led to a situation where there was a conflict of interests and, of course, led to a towel being thrown from Robert Ory into the face of coach Danny Ainge, which led to a suspension and an immediate, almost immediate four player trade soon after to the Los Angeles Lakers, where the Lakers got Robert Ory and Joe Klein. 
And of course, we know it didn't happen right away for the Lakers, but Robert Ory became a key member and a clutch member of the Lakers going forward. And here today to discuss Towelgate, the circumstances around it, and also as well, once Robert Ory did get here, how he helped become a pivotal player in the future of the Los Angeles Lakers and their first three-peat of the century. I'm hoping that there'll be another one, but yes, at least one three-peat has taken place this century, and he was a major part of it. He's a good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here giving a lecture or he's just hanging around talking about the Lakers post-games. It is the man-man from Toronto, the guy who just can't get out of Toronto traffic unless he's here to teach classes. It is Professor Sean Grice, the magic man. Good to have you here, my friend. You asked for an impromptu class being held today. So I give you the floor, my friend. It is Towelgate and how one towel changed the course of Lakers history forever. Not only did the towel change the Lakers history, subsequently it changed the history of just about every person involved in the incident. Um, You know, uh, for context purposes, uh, the podfather was correct. Um, Before Robert Ory had, had, even been traded to uh, the Phoenix Suns, there was already animosity between him and Ainge. Um, if uh, you flash back to uh, a very contested, uh, very bitter series between the Phoenix Suns and the Houston Rockets, um, for context purposes, Danny Ainge was normally the player that the Phoenix Suns chose to pass out uh, out of uh, TV timeouts or uh, timeouts. Uh, The reason for that is twofold. One, Ainge was an adept passer. And two is he was a former Major League Baseball pitcher as well. So you usually had confidence that Ainge wouldn't throw a bad pass. In this instance, there was a there was an incident um, that Danny Ainge threw an inbound pass right into Mario Ellie's face. That caused the Houston Rockets to, instead of winning game four, they decided they were going to hurt Danny Ainge whenever possible. They gave up the game to hurt Ainge. Robert Ory has said that Mario Ellie is one of his closest friends. And that's when the animosity b- began to brew between the two. Robert Ory, before he gets traded to the Phoenix Suns, has already established himself as a clutch playoff performer. Um, he hit a big shot in a game seven against the Seattle Supersonics. Now, the Sonics ended up winning this game and the series, but Ory hit a big shot. Uh, as you also remember, Podfather, he also broke the backs of the Orlando Magic in, in Game 3 of the NBA Finals where he hit a, a big three with the Rockets up 101. And all of a sudden, it's 104-100, and Shaq and Penny are stunned. And it's a back-breaking 3-0 uh, lead for the Rockets. And, of course, we know they went on to sweep the series. August 19th, 1996, the Houston Rockets 
trying to be uh, a last gas contender, make uh, a very uh, bad trade in retrospect. They trade Sam Cassell, Robert Ory, Chucky Brown, and Mark Bryant to the Phoenix Suns for Charles Barkley and Filler. Mm-hmm. Barkley ends up blowing out his quad, as you know, Gerald. Yep. And the Rockets just never became uh, the contenders they once were. So the Phoenix Suns enter the 1996-97 season, and they have a very, very eerily similar 2012-2013 season that the Lakers do. They start out 0-8 in the regular season. And their coach at the time, Cotton Fitzsimmons, decides he's going to lethal weapon this. I've had enough of this, and I'm resigning. And so now Danny Ainge has to come from the big chair to the coach's seat. And he has a mixture of vets and young players. Uh, He has an elderly Kevin Johnson at point guard. He has a very young, green-around-the-gills guard uh, by the name of Steve Nash. He's got a mixture of big guys, small guys. He's trying to find the right lineups. Eventually, he, he gets them on a winning streak. However, the pivotal moment for Danny Ainge and Robert Ory's relationship comes on a TNT game when the Phoenix Suns are playing the Boston Celtics. Now, Robert Ory is not playing a very good game. He's shot one of four. He's playing listless defense. And the Suns just don't have it that night. So, Robert Ory is subbed out. But before he's subbed out, as he's walking towards the Phoenix Suns bench Mm -hmm. Danny Ainge says something to Robert Ory now Gerald I believe both men will go to their graves not revealing what Danny said and what Robert retorted back but what we do know is that Robert Ory lost his cool and he threw a towel at Danny Ainge now if you watch the replay Danny is very shocked that he does this. He he wasn't expecting that kind of reaction. And obviously, as a head coach of a basketball team, it, it's, uh, it's a very pivotal moment for him. And in the locker room, when it's all said and done and the game's over, Robert Ory apologizes. He stands up and he apologizes to Danny Ainge and the rest of the Suns locker room. But Jerry Colangelo isn't set. Like you said, Gerald, he was suspended. Jerry Colangelo wasn't satisfied with just an apology. Now, under the CBA rules, he could only suspend him for a couple games. Two games without pay, yes. Yes. But Colangelo had mentioned that uh, barring the rules, he would have went old school. And Gerald, in your opinion, with with without uh, a collective bargaining agreement with uh, a union behind you, how many games would you suspend a player for that kind of outburst? Probably would have been about five to 10. Yeah, I agree. 
that that that's probably significant enough to uh to make your point so yeah gerald like you said their relationship at that point has completely soured even though robert or has apologized he apologized then and has apologized since yes he has yes he has but He's he also... did say on twitter uh when he was a confront about it last year that he wishes a brick were in it as well. So yes. he doesn't regret his actions. No, he, he doesn't. He's he's apologetic for what he did. But he has he does not regret it. He does not regret it, no. But that that's that's one of the authentic parts of Robert Ory is that he's he'll let you know exactly how he feels. If you want to know his opinion about something, just ask him. He'll give you his truth. But like you said, Gerald, Robert Ory gets traded to the Lakers. Now, we don't know how Jerry West pulled this off, but somehow Jerry was always able to circle around a other team's dysfunction and swoop in and make a move like this. It, it was a Jerry time, West I, special. And at the time, I was a little bit upset. I understood Robert Ory was uh, someone that, what, 6'10", lanky could play really good defense could shoot the ball from the outside he had a lot of these gifts but he chose never to go ahead and uh i think a lot of people expected more out of him uh, that expected to him be a star player had all the talent in the world and chose to only be a rotational player at best now he served to be one of the greatest rotational players and most cl- most clutch players of all time but we didn't know really at that time no. to that extent we saw a player that you know many thought was underachieving at that point in time and he was being traded you know let me get the the specifics out there because i was really upset because i really enjoyed watching cedric sabalos oh i i love i love said i love watching said i understand about cedric sabalos and the other things that went on in regards to cedric sabalos and that's for another day we'll talk about if they've ever want to go into cedric absolutely deep dive that's up to you professor but yeah i missed cedric sabalos and the instant offense he could bring and at the time i thought you know we're getting this underachieving player who who has so much more skill to his game and you know i understand the empire jeff good you know i I like the way you're phrasing it he sacrificed his game after leaving houston uh, and he didn't realize at the time is that that's the way he wanted to play was he was playing more to a role as a role player. He was the definitive role player at the time. A lot of people still at that time saw him as an underachieving player such as myself. So it was great to see him adapt to that role, adapt to the role he was wanted to go ahead and play out. It knew he wanted to be more an integral part of the team in different ways and was able to utilize that for the years to come. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, his seven championships, that's the most championships ever won by a player that's not a Boston Celtic. So he, he it's, de- it, I guess people can go to debate, but as far as the playoffs are concerned, I think he's the, he's a goat role player, honestly. Um, but, uh, you know, Fortunately, on that team, Gerald, we didn't know it at the time, but he was the missing piece. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know, and it took a couple years for the whole team to gel at that time because he got traded in 96, and 
it, we really didn't start seeing the fruits of all these these teams get together. And he did have an injured season in 98-99 where he only yep. played 38 games. But you know, we saw really him become an integral part of the team along with Kobe and Shaq finally absolutely, coming together absolutely. In, that ni- in that 99 season. But, you know, Robert Ori, the player himself, coming out of college, coming – I remember as I, I've talked before as far as him, uh, you know, when he was a young player playing against Loyola Marymount in the NCAA tournament, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm-hmm. because he was playing on Alabama. Yep. And he, he got drafted into the NBA. It's was so much promise, so much talent. But as uh, Empire uh, Jeff TV said, you know, he understood once he got into the league exactly where he needed to go and he needed to be. Exactly. Uh, he he understood that the part of being a professional is finding where you fit in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just found himself to be a puzzle piece that fit in every situation he found himself in, except one, and that was the Phoenix Suns. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once mm-hmm. again, it's Lakers Fast Break. It's Lakers History 101. We're covering Towelgate and how the towel, this towel in question, thrown at Danny Ainge by Robert Ory led to becoming an integral piece with the Los Angeles Lakers. But again, like you said, it all came, it all emanated from some real, real heat when Robert Ordy was traded to the Phoenix Suns. Can you go and elaborate more on it? Because I know you touched on it as far as the playoffs, Mario Ellie, his close friend, the ball being hit into, you know, his face, obviously a lot of dissension there. He's gone on record saying that the following game, that they absolutely lost that game as a team, the Houston Rockets, because they were just trying to intentionally injure Danny Ainge, which tells you a lot about the game in the 1990s at that point in time. But please go ahead and elaborate more on Robert Ory leading up to that throne towel. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. And uh, I, I encourage all, uh, all our um, students to, uh, if you have time, uh, you know, you can you can go through that game and and see different segments where Danny Ainge is just getting the crap pounded out of him. I mean, quite literally. And which um, game is this? Clear to clarify. Yeah, it's uh, it's game four. It's game four of the the Phoenix Sun. Uh, excuse me, the the Houston Rockets and the um, 
and the Phoenix Suns. Yes, and this is yes. 1995. Yes, yes. For for clarification, that was that was a very brutal game. And looking and watching watching the replay, it's very obvious that straight from the tip that, like you said, Gerald, there was no intention of, of winning that game. They knew if they just hurt Danny Ainge as much as they could, they would they could live with the loss. Now that's tricky, especially when when you're in the playoffs. But if you're a confident bunch, and they clearly were and had every right to be, you can pull something like that off. I remember when Fish decided he was just going to make sure Luis Scola flew as far as he could down the court and he would live with the suspension. So we, we understand you make a decision, you live with your decision. Danny Ainge decided he was going to hurt Mario Ellie and he made a bad decision. And well, it's affected, he, you know, him. Okay. Let's just put aside yeah, the fact it, that he, he's a, as a GM. And as a GM, you know, obviously, whether you love him or hate him, he's had a long line of success, both in Boston and now in Utah. Obviously, he's won that Rudy Gobert trade hands down with with the way that Walker Kessler has been playing so well. Plus, he's got a ton of draft picks and and assets to go along with. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he revitalized that Utah team to do much better than what was expected out of him. And you know, you can give him all the compliments or hate as you want as a GM, but as a player, you know, he was a role player, obviously on Boston, Houston, excuse me, Boston, Sacramento. I'm sorry, Boston, Phoenix, Sacramento. Excuse me. And of course, we all know the dirty side of Danny Ainge as a player, the scuffles that he got into the biting with tree Rollins and things of that nature. So Danny Ainge was one of the least liked individuals in the league and going into that playoff series, it was really something that I think a lot of people had to go ahead and and put into question. You get Danny Ainge on the wrong side of, like you said, the Houston Rockets and they, they made it their mission to go ahead and send a statement right to him. Uh, Absolutely, Gerald. And uh, Charles Barkley is also on record saying that, um, he did not like what Danny Ainge did, even even back then. But you know, as a teammate, you got to stand by your teammates. But uh, Charles Barkley said that uh, when Mario Ellie got hit in the face, he he saw the look on their bench, and he knew the series had changed, and uh, he didn't think that um, that they had the medal to uh to handle what the rockets were were gonna dish out and um they didn't they didn't um so so let me ask you this okay heading into a situation where you know where you talk usually these days when you go ahead and make trades you're usually consulting with the coaching staff can you get along with this player what can you do for this player if he comes on your team how does he evaluate as far as what you plan on in fact darvin ham you know, I'm sure he was asked uh, repeatedly and extensively, what does he need to do or what was he planning to do with Russell Westbrook? And we've seen the effect of that. What is he going to be doing with this, you know, this player and this player and this player? So when the proposal comes about as far as trading Robert Ori to Phoenix, 
there obviously wasn't a very good line of communication between the player and the coach and the general manager. It was just an asset for an asset trade. You know, I think a lot of the, the blame for Talgate needs to go on the front office of both Houston, but primarily on Phoenix because of the fact that, you know, understanding the, the vicious playoff battle that they had, there's still some hard feelings there. You got to go ahead and, and and walk up to these guys and, and say, hey, you know what? Is everything still going to be cool if you go to Phoenix? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, ha- that has to be put on the table. Look, it's, it's supposed to be a profession and you're being paid to play. And, and yes. you can go, you can, you can honestly try to say that to yes. someone. But emotions were probably still, especially at that point in time, after such a, a very violent and vicious series, you know, there, there's still obviously a lot of hard feelings that were still very much there. Oh, absolutely, Gerald. And, you know, it was obvious, it was obvious that um, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, it just seems that um, that uh, Danny Ainge and Robert Ory couldn't find any closure from that situation. No, and, 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 and I put a lot of that on Danny Ainge, too, for not as a coach. You know, maybe he did try to confront Robert Ory, or maybe he just kept distant from him. But, you know, it's not these guys hashing it out in a room, maybe duking it out in a room and just leaving it behind closed doors. 100%. 100%. You know, Robert, I know you didn't like what I did. So let's talk about it and get some things off his chest. Like you said, Gerald, maybe. Maybe it gets a little physical. But it's behind closed doors. Yes, yes. And you leave it there. It's a clean slate. We hash it out and it's a clean slate. We're both professionals. We don't need to uh, be friends, but we need to work together. Yep. Uh, you you think that would have been the case, but unfortunately it, it never materialized. And then it, it led to the situation again. Uh, going into that situation as far as the towel being thrown. Uh, I know at the time I was extremely surprised that that went down. I didn't know or, or really study up on all the circumstances. And, and re- I mean, I knew of the hostility in the playoff series, but remember as a Lakers fan, I'm more concerned about the Lakers at that point in time. So I really didn't know that, that there was that level of hostility, but obviously that when, you know, at the time of the, the benching, uh, you know, and obviously the disagreement that took place leading up to it, obviously there were still some real harsh words being uh, thrown at each other. Oh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. That's why, um, like, Robert Ori will never will never reveal what Danny Ainge said. And um, a lot of a lot of people are, are have a certain opinion about what he might have said. I don't think he said anything in that regard. And I, I think everybody knows what 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 I mean. Yeah. Um I don't think it was anything because he haven't he hasn't even said it on his podcast from what I know. No, he research. hasn't. He hasn't. But uh, what also needs to be remembered is that Robert Ori's environment when he grew up was vil- very militaristic. He comes from a military, a proud military family. And normally when you're dealing with somebody um, who's quite literally and figuratively militant is you don't need to walk on eggshells. 
And you, you don't need to tiptoe around things. But like you said, Gerald, you need to be upfront and 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 just truthful. And I think if that had happened at some point in time, then Towelgate never happens. I don't I don't think Robert Ori comes to that, you know, outburst. But like you said, oh, you know, Danny Ainge is responsible for his side of that situation. Absolutely. And, you know, great for us. That's fine yes. by me. It's yes, great for us indeed. Once again, it's Lakers History 101. I'm here with Professor Magic Man, Sean Grice. He's explaining to everyone out there the situation behind Robert Ori coming to the Los Angeles Lakers because of Talgate and his uh, disagreements with a coach at that time of the Phoenix Suns, a.k.a. Danny Ainge at that time. So he throws the towel in Danny Ainge's face. They have the disagreement. They have the blow up. He gets suspended for two days uh, or two games, excuse me, two games. Even though he does apologize to the team, he still is persona non grata. And like you said, Jerry Colangelo ends up trading him to the Lakers. And to give you the synopsis of what the Lakers trade was, it was uh, a four-player deal that, you know, Cedric Sabalos back to the Suns, Ramil Robinson went to Phoenix, and then Joe Klein, who is always Joe forgotten Klein. about in the uh, – he is going to be an answer to probably a trivia question for one of our trivia shows coming up, I bet, at some point in time. <laughs> Joe Klein actually was a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, which I know would surprise a lot of people out there. He mm -hmm. went to the Lakers. So with that, it's still – with Robert Ory, 1996, he still is still finding his way. You know, obviously the Lakers at that point are still trying to find themselves back into a real contention. Describe to me the growth and maturation process of Robert Ory to become. Now, he was already a good clutch player, a real good clutch role player was Houston previously. But I want to hear your thoughts. What helped evolve him into becoming? the great clutch player that he became his experience playing with Hakeem Olajuwon. And again, we didn't see it at the time, but his experience playing with a legendary center bore fruit. And when he was traded to the Lakers, he was inserted in the starting lineup immediately. And uh, he played alongside Shaq. And so even before Phil Jackson had come onto the scene, Robert Ory and Shaq had already started to develop their chemistry as well through practice, uh, gameplay, real situations. Um, you know, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, the the legendary Kobe Bryant is coming off the bench. Yeah. Uh, it's Nick Van Exel. It's Eddie Jones. It's Rick, Rick Fox. It's Robert Ory and it's Shaquille O'Neal. So Robert is is developing chemistry with both Shaq and Foxy at this point. Now, unfortunately, Eddie gets traded, Nick gets traded, so he doesn't really develop much chemistry with those two guys. Even the four of those guys on that team, one of our favorite years, they never won a championship. Eddie Jones, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and Nick Van Exel are all all stars. That was that was a great. A, a great year. And um, unfortunately, Eddie and Nick had to depart. So Robert developed some chemistry with Foxy and Shaq. Now, 
when Phil Jackson gets on the scene, he decides, you know what, Robert, you need to come off the bench. We're going to use you off the bench because I'm going to play AC Green as a starter, but you're going to get most of the minutes. And Robert says, cool, cool, Phil. Because he had a a amount of respect for Phil because of what Phil had already achieved. Absolutely, Gerald. And so Robert, Robert's already uh, a two-time champion at this point. Phil respects, respects his prowess as a, as a big clutch shot maker. And so he's able to talk to Robert. And like you said, Robert's immense respect for him allows him to understand what his role is. And he's completely comfortable coming off the bench. No issues whatsoever. And and when he does come off the bench, does he light it up? No, but he provides a lot of different things because the one thing that he did so well is that he's a jack of all trades. You need yeah. someone to give you size. You need to give someone to get you rebounds that day. You need someone to give you some uh, shots outside. You need someone to give you great one-on-one defense at times. He could do all those things for you. And when I went back to my original statement earlier about how he was someone who I had always seen before the trade as someone who I thought it underachieved, uh, I, maybe it was because of the fact that I would just, I saw him more as a role player. But then again, by the end of his career, we saw him as the ultimate role player instead. Oh, 100%. 100%. Jack of all trades. That, that's a great description of, of, of the man's game. He was truly a dra- jack of all trades. He's just, he, 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 he could have mastered some, but just never was really asked or maybe never wanted to or never. I think it's just his role. Again, what was asked of him by, like you said, Phil Jackson, having him come off the bench. It was never really needed for him to go ahead and give you at the level that I think a lot of people were expecting just to give you those things that he, he needed in those short amount of times coming off the bench at the right time when exactly when we needed them. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. And, you know, Gerald, I think um, the following year, I think, um, you know, his friendship with Shaq and his respect for Phil Jackson also comes into play too, when they bring in Horace Grant. Now um, Shaq has tremendous respect for, for Horace. And, um, you know, he, uh, Robert understands, okay, Horace Grant's a starter this time around. AC was last year. And so I'm just going to do the same thing I did last year. And let me ask you a question, Gerald. Do of you remember, do you remember where you were when Vladi Divac back tapped that rebound and it falls into Robert Ory's hands. Tell me where you were, Podfather. At a condo. I was uh, I was in that okay. time. And, and, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, watching it on my old projection TV. Because uh, you know, I, I thought the Lakers had you know, all but been doomed themselves because of what went on in the missed shot, as we've seen several times this season. You know, but, you know, you couldn't ask for a better attempt close in. Uh, you know, fighting for the rebound, you've got your, you know, your stars right there underneath the basket. You're hoping then you're thinking that you be, you're going to be able to make the shot, but doesn't come through. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh. And all of a sudden, for some reason, that still 
Vladivivas contests that it still was the right basketball play, he tapped it out, and you're just bewildered. The whole, whether you're a Sacramento fan or whether you're a Lakers fan, you're just bewildered by what's going on. Right out to, of all people, Robert Ori just standing out there in the three point line, and it, we all know what happened next. Oh my goodness! Uh, um, not only one of the greatest role players of all time, uh, the, uh, Gerald, the basketball gods blessed him with with an uncanny timing. Yes. Un- uncanny. Um, it, it's his timing to make clutch shots is unparalleled. And that's the, the icing on the cake as far as his clutch performances go. Um, I was bewildered. That, that is a great word, Dean Glassford. Bewilderment. Yes. Oh my God, what is going on? And then Robert Ori catches this thing. And as soon as he let it go, Gerald, as soon as he let it go, I think most of us saw it. It was just, it's dropping. It's, come on. And it falls through. And I lost it, man. I I, I lost it. Uh, I think uh, neighbors down the street heard me scream as much as uh, probably your neighbors downstairs heard you. Yes, um, uh, yes, they did indeed. Uh, yeah, it's and... it's Go one ahead. of the most elated moments I've ever had as a Laker fan. It's 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 top five. Well, you know, and I know that a lot of people have talked about the Lakers' luck, and that obviously was Lakers' luck. That that ball being tipped out in the way it did, and then Robert Ory of all places is standing out there at the three point line. You know, just the timing of everything, and just where people are at. You know. He wasn't inside helping out, trying to get the ball underneath. He was actually out, you know, at the three-point line because that's where the play was designed for him as a, a fail-safe in case it, you know, something needed to be pitched out back to the three-point line. And and we saw what happened there. But yeah, it was just one of the most incredible sequences of basketball I've ever seen. And obviously, it led to such a great and momentous event for the Lakers to go ahead and be part of that that three-peat that I'm hoping that they'll be able to go ahead and revisit someday sooner rather than later. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But my friend, there's so much more to talk about when it comes to Robert Ori on today's program. Once again, it is Lakers History 101. It's Professor Sean Grice, a.k.a. The Magic Man, along with me, Mr. Dean Gerald Glassford of Lakers Fast Break University. Welcome to the class and symposium on Talgate and how that changed the course of Lakers history. And we've talked about the trade. We've talked about the circumstances leading up to the trade. We talked about the playoff series that was affected that caused Talgate in the first place, but the legacy that Robert Ory and you said there's a lot of things at place, you know, with the with the 
Phoenix Suns, you see that they've never been able to achieve consistently that kind of success. They've reached the NBA Finals, but have never since then reached any kind of level of success that the Lakers have. You've seen, uh, you know, the, you know, Danny Ainge, he became the general manager of Boston and then Utah. We saw what success he's achieved. He has achieved as a general manager. But with Robert Ory, it's, it's been half-kiddingly and not so half-kiddingly talked about his success as a player as being one of the greatest role players of all time and talked about as far as being him in the sense of a Hall of Fame player. Now, I don't think they'll ever, unless he's been put in as, as far as a veterans committee, being able to be put into a place where he's going to be in a Hall of Fame, unless, like I said, it's by a veterans committee, but I don't see that happening. But your thoughts on Robert Ory, the player, and the contributions he made, not only with the Lakers, but as the NBA as a whole. Spot on, Dean. Spot on. I agree 100%. I think absent of a, of a vet committee where uh, – you know, they would recognize his efforts, uh, his clutch performances as uh, Hall of Fame worthy. And they and they are. Uh, but it's always what Kenny Smith has said. Um, the regular season is where you make your name and the playoffs are where you make your fame. And um, so. And, and, and when we talk about one of the clutch players of all time, it's not just the Sacramento shot, the Sacramento kill shot that's you know his only legacy no there are other clutch shots that we need to discuss as well before we head on out oh uh, oh absolutely absolutely uh you know unfortunately his relationship with us comes to an end um he wins he's a three-time champion with the lakers yeah after 2002 2003 he did uh leave to the san antonio spurs absolutely there's you know he wanted to be he wanted to uh be paid a little bit more money unfortunately we we couldn't meet his uh, expectations so he signs with the spurs mm-hmm. now what's interesting about this relationship is that Robert Ory comes to the San Antonio Spurs with a prime Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and a young Parisian point guard named Tony Parker. Mm-hmm. And there is a moment where the Spurs and the Suns have one of the most bitter rivalries I've ever seen on a on a basketball court. Robert Ory finally gets to put his knife into the Phoenix Suns. He hip checks Steve Nash. Steve falls down. He looks to be hurt, and Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw decide they're going to come to their point guard's aid and leave the bench, Gerald. Now, at this point in time, Robert Ory is ejected from the game, and he suspended two games. However, because Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw left the bench, they are suspended for a pivotal, a pivotal game. The Phoenix Suns had just won. It's now 2-2. It's a pivotal game five, and Phoenix is without two of their 
their best players, not just role players, their best players. And Robert Ori watches the San Antonio Spurs defeat the Phoenix Suns. Uh-huh. And they go on, and Robert Ori decides, well, I'm just going to hit another clutch final shot. Since we're playing the Detroit Pistons, uh, I'm going to decide to put my imprint on another NBA Finals. And he does. And um, while he wasn't the MVP of the series, um, there were certain moments in that series like he was as a Laker and previously uh, as a Rocket where he plays MVP-worthy level basketball, Gerald. He's a jack-of-all-trades in that series, too. Um, The Detroit Pistons are a very physical basketball team. And like you said, Robert Ory doesn't mind getting in the muck. He can be as physical as he wants to be and if he needs to be. And so he goes on and eventually wins two more championships with the Spurs. Now he's a seven-time champion. And he is vaulted, as you said, Dean, into one of the greatest role players of all time because now he has seven championships. And not only does he have seven championships, Robert Ory led NBA Finals teams are 7-0. and He's never lost an NBA Finals. He didn't lose one with the Rockets. He didn't lose one with the Lakers. And he didn't lose one with the Spurs. That's not even something Bill Russell can say. Bill Russell lost in NBA Finals. Robert already didn't. And his seven championships, again, it it's just bears to be repeating because uh, of the respect. It's the most championships ever won outside of a Boston Celtic. And and that's, that's remarkable. And uh, like you said, Dean, it's it's unlikely Big Shop Rob will ever get to the Hall of Fame without uh, the help of a veterans committee. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, he's like Magic Johnson. A day lit, a day after uh, he hits the shot against the Kings, says that to him. Robert Ory is one of the top 10 clutch players in, in NBA playoff history. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, and, I, you and know, one of the things I want to ask you though, is uh, you've, I mean, he, he had so many clutch shots over the course of his career. There's one though, I think that you're forgetting in a pivotal series against Portland in 2002 game three, I've set it up for you, my friend, go ahead and let everybody know exactly how important that was to going ahead and finishing off a three-peat or eventually finishing off a three-peat because of his heroics late in the game. Uh, absolutely. Well, we were, were down. And big really... shout out to Empire Jeff for bringing that up as well. Oh, Empire Jeff. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I... so you get a, you get a little, uh, get a little plus sign right there on your, on your paper there on your, on your hopefully uh, turned in homework there for you, Empire. Great job. Great job. Absolutely. Phil Jackson calls a timeout in that in, in in the fourth quarter in that game. And he says, Okay guys, you wanna play like uh, like dog? You know what? 
Okay. Have a good summer. See you in training camp. And he walks away. And that lights a fire under the butts of every Laker player that plays at the fourth quarter, Gerald. And that includes Robert Ory. Jeff's right. I, you know, I didn't forget it, but it it should it should be at the top of the list as far as the Lakers fan is concerned. That's for sure. That that was one of the most. Um, so so lead us into that because the Lakers are down late in the game. How does Robert Ory change the course of the history and a three peat for the Los Angeles Lakers in that series? He he comes up with a clutch performance. A clutch performance. I'm 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 trying to see in my mind's eye. As I'm trying to go ahead and get you the details on it, Rick Fox inbounded the ball and passed it to Kobe Bryant. You know, and obviously everybody's thinking that Kobe's going to Kobe's going to take the shot. Yeah, but yes, but they double teamed him. They double teamed him, and Roberts right there, right there, mm-hmm. spot on, and right on just the baseline, goes, and he lets this thing go, and. That swept at that time, like like also what Empire Jeff was saying as well. It was a five-game series, and that was uh, for them the end of pretty much the jail Blazers or the Blazers at that time as we knew them because, you know, Kobe Stopper, Ruben Patterson, and uh, Scottie Pippen double-teaming Kobe couldn't prevent yeah, them I mean... him from, from making the right decision, getting the ball to Robert Ory. Because you have to, game. you have to assume in that scenario that Robert Ory is one of the keys. Yes. You, you, you've, you've already, you've already seen him make uh, seven big shots in the playoffs at that point in time, uh, when he's a Rocket and a Laker. Mm-hmm. You have to have a key on him, and for some reason, Ruben Patterson and Scottie Pippen decide they're just going to double Kobe and live with the results. I, I don't think he can go back to the bench and say, you know what? We did our best there. No, you left you left one of the most clutch shooters of all time open. That's true. And uh yeah, you know, he's also mentioned the Detroit shot as well. So many shots that big shot Bob made. A good point indeed as far as the shot right there, Jeff. I do love though the Portland shot because again of as I remember it in my mind of like he shot that ball and made that shot right off the baseline, right off the baseline, right in front of the Portland bench, as they were as they were getting swept by the Lakers in a five game series, three games to none. I think that was a classic one that is often overlooked in the annals of Lakers history. And I think that's something that obviously for, for Lakers fans, is very satisfying. Like you said, uh, Jeff, the shot in Detroit was really uh, another one of those great clutch shots that only Robert Ory seemed to have been able to whip out of a hat at that point in time, because he was just such a great clutch player. But before we head on out, my friend, we've got 10 minutes left. I got you something to think about right here. It's a pretty easy question for you. I know, Joe Soro, Professor Soro always tries to give you the tough questions or right on mm-hmm. impromptu. Go ahead. You answer this or come up with a question right now. I got a good question I want to ask you right now. Oh, as Empire Jeff's saying, I think he even turned to the Blazers bench and gave them a peace sign. Yes, he did. Yes, that's he did. Exactly. That's exactly what he did. And peace. that's what uh, peace out. Absolutely. And uh, that was one of the classic Robert Ory moments. And that's one of the things that that I did appreciate about Robert Ory is because he has, you know, he played with and always has always had some level of moxie and some level of um, 
sharpness to him that an edge that maybe uh, some other players didn't have. And that helped, I think, define his career as one of the greatest clutch players in NBA history. And obviously a guy with seven rings and a lot of jewelry to go along with it. But let me ask you this, and this is probably an easy question for you to answer. And we're under 10 minutes left. Define for me, Robert Ory's role in NBA history. And would the Lakers and Spurs have that many titles today without him coming off the bench and le- or, or in some cases starting and leading the team with those clutch shots would those clutch shots have been made by other players in those situations gerald i'll i'll answer the latter first and then the former last no i don't i i think we we only have 16 championships if if that ball is tipped out to another player other than Robert Ory. That's just my opinion, but I, I happen to believe in uh, in uh, fortune and destiny, if you will. And and you know, it was fortune and destiny that that Big Shot Bob was a Laker and often found himself in the right place at the right time. And you can make the same argument as a Spur uh, if he doesn't hit that sh- shot against Detroit, it's very possible that, that that Detroit takes that that series. It was it was a very contested series between those two. And um it was just Robert Robert's ability, like you said, Gerald, I, I think one of the the best words to describe him would be tenacious. Um like you said, he was he could be a tenacious rebounder, tenacious shooter. And also defender. the fact because he had he is six ten, great size uh, for someone who played the you know the wing spots. Could even play a small ball center for you. Six ten, great length, uh, you know, good one on one defender. Made things hard as far as challenging. And at that point in time, you, you know, you're challenging a lot of shots a lot more effectively than you are in today's NBA. I really think that uh, the Lakers would not have at least one of the championships they would have today without him. And I think a lot of it stems from that shot against Sacramento, but also because of his clutch play in other situations, you might be, you know, if somebody said, I think the Lakers would be out two or three championships uh, without him. Uh, you know, if that's the case, a three P might be in question without some of his clutch play. I would say that, you know, maybe you keep one or two, but still the, you know, San Antonio would say the same thing. Would we have all mm-hmm. the championships there with it, without him? And, and, I'd say, you know what, there's a good chance that most likely you're not. No, no, most likely you're not. Um, that that was a brew, uh, other than the Lakers and Celtics, you know, of the past 25 years, that's probably the, the most physical and bitter seven-game series. The series just got slowed down and bogged really down, Gerald, and the Spurs needed Robert Ory's defense as much as his shooting um, in that series, especially especially with uh, a defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace. You know, for some reason, Shaq had issues with Ben in the finals. When the Spurs and the Pistons met in the finals, Ben also, while it was a little different, Ben still gave Tim Duncan a hard time. And Greg Popovich said he leaned really hard on Robert Ory to uh, 
to really be a physical presence in that series because he needed to open up room for the Parisian rocket, uh, Tony Parker. You know, if if Robert Ori and Tim Duncan aren't down there, Gerald, and there's somebody else there, pick pick somebody I know. Emma uh, Udoka beside Tim Duncan or um, Matt Bonner. I don't think I don't think the same results would um, apply. I just don't. I think Robert Ori is, and to answer the the former now, he is one of the top ten greatest clutch playoff performers in NBA history. That's written in stone. Yeah, and he's got the jewelry to prove it. Indeed, I understand Howard that uh, his play against his Steve Nash is not going to go down as far as a good side or a good look for Robert Ori. I, I agree with you. Obviously, it led to, you know, the, the ramifications that it did. And then, of course, his situation in leaving Phoenix and how he left Phoenix was not exactly under the best of circumstances as far as towel gate is concerned. But that's how one towel led to a fantastic clutch-filled career for Robert Ory as one of the, the greatest clutch players in the history of the NBA a guy with Houston, with the Lakers, and with San Antonio seemed to find success. And again, it's not a matter of luck with him. It's a matter, I think, of that. That's who he is in the moment. That's what he always waited for. You know, I know a lot of people, again, like I said, still like me, felt that there could have been more to Robert Ory, but this is what he played for. This is who he is, a, a fantastic role player who in the clutch you could count on the most. A hundred percent, Gerald. A hundred percent. Branch Rickey, one of the the great baseball minds, and um, basically built up the the powerhouse Brooklyn Dodgers. Once said that uh, luck is the residue of design, and um, there's another quote that that says men make their own luck, and I I think uh, Robert Ory's ability to just persevere through through basically every obstacle he ever had to encounter as a person and a professional basketball player led to him having the confidence that he would always be in the right place at the right time, Gerald. And like you said, that's, that's not luck. That is, that is hard work translating into the ball, finding the right energy. And it just seemed to find Robert Ory when his team needed him the most. And I think that's also part of his biography is that um, there is a, a, a strong current of energy um, that was able to be unleashed on pretty much every team he ever played with in an NBA Finals. Um, you know, there are only a handful of even legendary players who can make that claim. Once again, it is Lakers History 101, and we wrap up class today by saying thank you for to all the students out there for attending. I will provide notes and descriptions on some links and that you could go ahead and continue your studying of Sir Robert Ory, of seven championships, and some great clutch moments in NBA history. So I will provide that in the description for all the audio and video listeners out there. You can go ahead and check that out as far as his clutch shots, YouTube, plus also his thoughts on the whole thing. Although he, again, 
what he said to Danny Ainge in regards to Talgate, he didn't elaborate on other than to say that he wished a brick would have been in that towel along with it. And that's the, I guess the best that we'll ever get from him. Maybe down the road, we'll get something a little more, but once again, it's professor magic man, Sean Grice, Howard Hill, uh, empire. Jeff been fantastic on the show today. Truly appreciate it. Professor Sorrell could not make it, but I have asked him to go ahead and think of the next subject for our next Lakers History 101 here at Lakers Fast Break University. Hassan, big shout out to you as well. Thanks so much for watching and listening. If you like what we do, please go ahead and subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube so you can get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air. But our next appearance will be tomorrow night playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. It's 7 p.m. for the Lakers game at home against Memphis. And then after that, of course, is the post game right here for you. It is all of us getting back together around 10 p.m. Pacific time. So looking forward to that. Professor Magic Man, any last thoughts in our final seconds? Earlier in the summer, we revealed our top 10 Laker list. I sorely wanted to put Big Shot Bob on the list, but he didn't make the cut, Gerald. I, I had to put him at 11. I had Coop number 10. But Robert Ori is a beloved Laker, just one of the greatest clutch players of all time. And I was blessed to watch him in his prime win seven championships, and three of them were for the Lakers. And I thank Robert Ori. Well, thank you, Robert Ory, for everything that you gave as a Laker and to the NBA. And thank you, Sean, professor, for holding today's class. And thank you, students of Lakers Fast Break University, for attending today's class. We will give you an A for today. And hopefully you'll continue to get good grades from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast at Lakers Fast Break University. So for Professor Magic Man, Sean Grice, it's Gerald Glassford, the Dean of Lakers Fast Break University. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Class is now dismissed.